Hello and welcome to History Gibberish. My name is Jaeyun Han, and oh, my name is Chai Yun Choi. Okay, and we will talk about the Glorious Revolution today. <laughs> well, today. So, so yeah. Oh, okay. Finally, we reach. Finally, can I say finally? Whatever. We reached our second episode, and today we will talk about some British things: the Glorious Revolution. Chai what do you know about Glorious Revolution? So, <laughs> Glorious Revolution is actually uh, actually in England. It was evolved in England and took place in 1688. Yeah.、Huh? But since I didn't have a time to research very much, so and I think that the listeners wouldn't know. So could Jayan, could you please explain what was the Re- Glorious Revolution and how did it occur? Okay, such a good. Passing question, question passing. <laughs> well, okay. So, as Chayan said, mentioned or said, said the Glorious Revolution was the Glorious Revolution occurred in 1688, and it's kind of the like Chayan mentioned, it's a revolt which is raised by Parliament to overthrow the king. Yeah, right. Yes. So, Yeah, so in the era, in the era, in the period of Glorious Revolution, the King of England and Scotland and Ireland was James the Second, and he was,、uh, he was kind of you know the the Catholic believer,、mm-hmm. and the, most of most of member of Parliament, so most of Commons or some noble noblemen's were Protestant, so. And first, in that from the point, the king and the parliament was not had not that good, you know, relationship. And James the Second tried to make a relationship, some improve the relationship between the nations, such as Spain or France, which believed Catholic. And he tried to strengthen the power of the crown. You know, and. Those th- these things are what some parliaments hated, right?、Mm-hmm. So even some royalists thought they began to began to hate the kings. Yeah, and but you know the the whatever James the Second was a good king. You know he tried to protect some the freedom of religion and. His rule, his rulership was quite good. Some people consider him as a kind of first、uh, Enlightenment monarch, Enlightenment monarch in England. However, the James the Second's political power was kind of feeble. It was it was miserable, and he was quite self-righteous man. So he could not convince noblemen and the parliament to accept his policies. So yeah, that's. That's the, another point which aggravated the hatred between king and the parliament. Yeah. So, oh, if you let me, if you let me、yes. digress, digress, digress.、Uh, yes. And there is a kind of perspective named Whig, Whig, Whig historiography, which、mm-hmm. is the which is which considered the absolute goal the. Absolute goal of history is kind of establishment of parliament politics and the technological advance, 
such as industrial revolution like Great Britain made. Due to Whig historiography, James, the, James II had been considered as a kind of tyrant, as a tyrant, mm -hmm. but recently the review, review, review for James II is conducting. So now he is, he is considered kind of, you know, the mediocre king or good king, or good king, but who was kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but James the third, James the second, not third. James the second was old man, so he was late fifty, I think. And in that era, late fifty is late fifty was very old, you know. In that time, medical technology was not that was not as good as contemporary times. So, late fifty, a people, a person who is in late fifty prepared his death, his or her death. But so, and Parliament, Parliament was looking for his death. But, you know, he got a son. He got a son, unfortunately, yes. for, unfortunately for the Parliament. So, the Parliament was scared because after the son of James III, uh, James II, why, why am I saying James III? James II, Ascended the crown, then the James the Third, maybe James the Third may oppress themselves and oppress them and maybe execute them like Charles the First. So the member of Parliament sends kind of letter to the, what can I say, William or in Dutch mm -hmm. Willem, who was a who was a husband of Mary, the first daughter of William the uh, James the Second that if you come to England, if you come to, if you come to England, we will we promise that we will give you the crown of England, Scotland and Ireland. And Netherlands, which was which had just been in the, which had uh, which had just independent, got independence and which was Protestant. Yes. Was, ca was cautious that was cautious because if England if England becomes a Catholic nation, then Netherlands become be, becomes isolated between Spain, France, and England, which were strong nations and which were Catholic. So Willem and Mary accepted the letter and went to England. So, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Should I say more or no, I, I think I that would be enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, after the sail to England, William, Willem, and Mary landed in England. And yeah, William and the James II fled to France. And yes. Mary and William, after they accepted the Bill of Rights, in 1689 and mm -hmm. ascended to the throne as the what can I say dual ruler of mm -hmm. England, Scotland, Ireland. I'm keep saying England, Scotland, Ireland, not Great Britain or United Kingdom. Because since uh since what what is the name? Whatever, since George the First 
since George mm-hmm. the th- and until George the First, England, Scotland, and Ireland served the same served the same king, but they were they were not unified as a one nation. Whatever. So the glorious evolution ended, and and ends like that. Ended like that. This, uh, my English mm-hmm. terrible. No, 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 no. That's not true. Well, so yeah. yeah, keep saying. Um, are you done with your explanation of glorious revolution? Fortunately, yeah. Okay, okay. So thanks to Jan's explanation, we learned that glorious revolution yeah. took only a bit of um good clashes. So that's why glorious revolution was named um honored. Like because mostly like historically revolutions have come at come at a cost, but the glorious revolution is sometimes uh, wasn't didn't have like major clashes, so it is sometimes also called as bloodless revolution. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what common belief would. But truth with truth is harsh. (laughs) Yes. There, there were several kind of clashes between the James II's troops, the standing yeah. army, and uh, Willem's troops. Mm-hmm. Well, for William II, Willem was invader to steal his crown, so they mm-hmm. fought. They fought off. They fought. Yeah. And obviously, there was there was a blood. There there was some blood. And after <laughs> yeah. the glorious revolution. After the Mary and William became a ki- became kings, king and queen, mm-hmm. a, que- a king and a queen. Can I say it like that? Should I say it like that? Yeah. As Mary the second and William the third, or in Scotland William the second, <laughs> Scottish guys and Irish guys raised the rebellion for the mm-hmm. restoration to the era of James the second. So they called Jacobites, and. England, England suffered from the Jacobites for several years, mm-hmm. and after James II fled, 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 fled to France, mm-hmm. uh, James II claimed the throne of England again, again, and his mm-hmm. can I say his the no, justification of war is. Yes. The succession of the crown was some erroneous one, so mm-hmm. I, the rightful rule, rightful honor of the throne of England, shall shall retake the retake the crown. And France, where the where William the Second was in, mm-hmm. approved approved his war plan and supported him. And mm-hmm. England, obviously, and Netherlands, the Netherlands. Which was ruled by ruled by the same king, the William yes. the Third, and Spain and Holy, the Holy Roman Empire, which were Catholic nations, supported mm-hmm. England. So, the Glorious Revolution became a kind of trigger, was a trigger mm-hmm. of uh, a trigger of the Nine Years of War in. Which is broke, which broke out in 1688. <sighs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was not, you know, that literal bloodless. Bloodless. Revolution. Yeah, it's quite ironic, but it's true. 
Oh, well, yeah. as I researched, Edmund Burke, like, Edmund Burke. I think he is opposite to your opinion because he, uh, who is considered the progenitor of conservatism, described it as a happy and glorious revolution. But like, like your perspective, mm -hmm. French-born American historian Jacques Berzin, who died at the age of 104 in 2012, asserts that the name of honor of the glorious revolution is not appropriate. So, um, could I ask to your uh, an, another question that's kind of related to your like explanation? Mm -hmm. But is Britain's glorious? Uh, do you think is Britain's glorious revolution really an honor? Well, for noblemen, for members of parliament, <laughs> for for centuries or yeomen who were considered who are now considered as bourgeois. Yes. For them, it was glorious, but mm -hmm. for the king, it was not. And for some commoners, like peasants, peasants or farmers, or blacksmiths, or some common people, I don't, I'm not sure. But uh, what can I say? The glorious revolution. I will talk about it later. But glorious revolution mm -hmm. was the first revolution, which is which was considered as a revolution in mm -hmm. the era, which which broke, which it broke down. Mm -hmm. However, the naming, I think the naming is kind of the work of the future generations. So like in like, you know, like in er Victorian eras or some Georgian, yes. Georgian eras, some may historians, might, British historians might think, might think like this, like, oh, we had, we had, there was revolution in England and there was kind of, there was less blood than French revolutions or American revolutions, mm -hmm. and we we is not that you know some ero some erroneous thing that we consider it some kind of glorious thing. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. Keep saying. Oh, oh no no, you yeah, just keep so saying. Um, yeah. So I think um, oh yeah. Result of work historiography. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then it's kind of a hard question, but then how would you name this revolution instead of glorious? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's very difficult and you said you you didn't re you didn't conduct any research, you didn't have time to research, but it was lie. <laughs> no, 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 uh, it's true. I didn't expect to, what can I say, listen to Edmund, the name Edmund Buck. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, for new, uh, if I want to be neutral, then I'll say this revolution as the revolution, a revolution in 1688, but it's not that, you know, some fancy yes. name. How about some parliamental revolution that's not anglo-dutch revolution mm -hmm. well i'm not sure i i although i admit that i don't have a good sense to name something but well it's a hard question then but yeah it's very hard i'm sorry <laughs> if you could name this historical event then what what can i say what do you how do you name when name will 
when Namor gu guaranteed this event? Well, actually, I think William III used a lot of like the used his Dutch experience to create organizations such as Ministry France and Commerce and as well as tax increase, lorries, insurance of government bonds, mm -hmm. and so on. And this were the results of the advanced techniques and experiences of the companies that settled together yeah. when the Williams and their husbands came from the Netherlands or moved their headquarters from Amsterdam to London. Yeah. So I believe he's done a lot of things. And it is true that, like, not really, uh, the revolution is not literally bloodless but it wasn't it didn't really have a major conflict unlike the other revolutions yeah, so i think no i wouldn't like actually change the name like glorious revolution because it was a bit glorious that's what i think yeah so instead of changing the name i think we should like promote or like acknowledge people about the information about the islands like the pain pain of island <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <sighs> well, maybe yeah. your your thought is right. Maybe your thought. Yeah, maybe. No, 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 no. Well, but about blood, bloodless. I don't know. What can I say? Less blooded revolution. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be better. Well, yeah. Then, well, I assume that you know the philosopher John Locke. John Locke. Yes. Because you know, you already know the philosopher Edmund Burke. <laughs> oh, please no. And I, I assume again, I assume again that uh, it's a kind of common belief that some, um, what can I say, Enlightenmentists like some Locke yes. and Hobbes became a found, <gasps> uh, provided a some theoretical foundation of this glorious revolution. Yes. What do you think about this one? Oh, please. <laughs> oh, so, it's, you, know, oh. you know, it's historic gibberish, so, so you don't need to say some answers. Well, but it's a game. bit hard for me because I didn't re really have a time to research very deeply. Okay, oh. Edmund Burke, I don't accept your excuse. No, <laughs> it's not an excuse. It's literally the truth. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, could you tell me your opinion? <laughs> well, because I kind of need some time to like just think. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. So, when I say when I mentioned common belief, then it was con it had been considered, but considered like that. But today it's not. So, lots of people think lots of people think that Hobbes and Locke with their some you know brilliant intellects provided some theoretical or ideological foundation for this glorious revolution mm -hmm. but in fact uh, in let's say in the 17th century England yes Hobbes, I know Hobbes I'm not sure about Hobbes but Locke John Locke was said clearly a min minor in a minority, so yes. his his art his argument or his 
statement, what can I say, his mm -hmm. philosophy, his some political mm -hmm. thoughts, political vision was not accepted widely, that widely. Mm -hmm. In fact, in fact, mm, what can I say? Uh, he considered he was considered as uh, like some radical, 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 such as commies or reds in today. Yeah. So, what can I say? Fact check. Hobbes and mm -hmm. Locke was not that influ were not that influential for this the formation of the, these revolutions. Well, in fact, uh, after the Glorious Revolutions, some mm -hmm. radical political thoughts like like John Locke's and the people who believed in Locke's theory, which is uh, referred as Lokean was considered uh, some like some kind of anarchist or radicalist that so we so people should not deal with them and after glorious revolution the eager for political political reform mm -hmm. was uh, was le was lessened because lots of people were satis satisfied with this the result of glorious revolution yeah. Yeah. So I questioned and I answered. Oh. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Well, but you know, I'm I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of that. I'm kind. Uh, what can I say? People might think that I'm criticizing the Glorious Revolution, but oh no. Let's talk about the legacy of Glorious Revolution. What do you think about it? I keep questioning you, and I won't stop it. <laughs> What do you think about um, so, what is the legacy of Glorious Revolution? Please tell me your opinion. Uh, legacy of the Glorious Revolution. Um, could you just give me a sec to like kind of how? Um, time yeah, I, I kind of need time to. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can think. give you. I can give you a hint. Like, what can I say? I said that after accept the Bill of Rights, Mary mm -hmm. William could ascend to the throne so you should focus on the bill of rights in 1689 1689 so okay <laughs> 1689 for american guys because the american there is oh. so Zion, please tell me your explain explanation of bill of rights um. Bill of Rights. So, Bill of Rights. So, like the defini definition, um, it was made uh, as Jian said, um, in January sixteen eighty nine. So, it was <laughs> um after significant pressure from William Parliament agreed to a joint monarchy with William as a king and James' daughter Mary as a queen. So. The two rulers accepted more restrictions from this than any previous mon monarchs, causing a presented shift in distribution of power. So, and like they both signed the Declaration of Rights, which is now known as, uh, which became known as the Bill of Rights. So, this document. Um, contains several constitutional principles, including the right for regular parliaments, free elections, and freedom of speech. And in this, so 
like most historians, including me, believe that uh, no, most historians believe that the Bill of Rights was the first step toward a constitutional monarch. So it is very, um, yeah, with the Bill of Rights, the region's power was defined in written form for the first time. So yeah, it this function and influence changed dramatically in the years. So I guess this is the legacy of the uh, glorious revolutions. Oh, would uh, that yeah. be a bill of, bill of rights? Would bill yes. of rights restrict the king, the king's power? Yeah, more so... strictly than the Magna Carta. So mm -hmm. yeah, Magna for due to the because of existence of Magna Carta, it was not the first restriction of king's power. However, mm -hmm. there was there is there is statement that. The pretended power of suspending the laws and dispensing with laws by regal authority without consent to parliament is illegal. Mm -hmm. And for that, we can assume that after Magna Carta was enacted, signed, the King John signed on Magna Carta, mm -hmm. kings of England often overlooked, overlooked the parliament. And in the confrontation between king and the parliament, the parliament was in kind of inferiority. And political inferiority. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and so I think, in my opinion, I don't, I don't want to some, neglect your kind, your conclusion. However, um, in my opinion, so yes, what can I say? The divine, the divine, the concept, the, the divine rights of kings, which was pre which was predominant in medieval era is denied it's cancelled because well, well 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 at least in england because since the era of mary and william the reign of mary and william mm -hmm. the the what can i say the authority of the crown regalia mm -hmm. is is originated not it's not originated from the god but originated from the parliament because parliament gave the throne to them so the Bill of Rights or the Glorious Revolution was a trigger that the parliaments had more political power than before. And I think, and what Wikipedia thinks, <laughs> Wikipedia thinks, uh, it was kind of, it became a foundation for establish, the establishment political, uh, the parliamentary politics and the civil society, which is based on the gentries or the noblemen's or the bourgeois. Though the first prime minister, Robert Walpole, mm -hmm. the prime minister, so the first prime minister, Robert Walpole, was the people, is the people in George, the, George the first, the era of George the first, which is after 38, 30 years, yeah, about 30 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I just kind of thought simply the Bill of Rights yeah. has great significance in that it serves as the basis for the establishment of British parliamentary um, politics and puts an end to absolutism. Absolutely. Well, in the and yeah, in the past, like um, mm -hmm. according to the will of King, whereas with other countries and Texas were easily raised, but like as the Bill of Rights 
um, existed. No, what should I say? Oh, yeah. So it is impossible for them to like raise like their taxes without the consent. So I thought, yeah. So and it actually also later influenced American independence and the French Revolution. That's what I thought. Yeah. Your thought is also right. So first for the yeah, I think yeah, right. There could be a lot of various yeah opinions about this. Yeah, and you know what the funny thing is, so the Cuban Revolution is kind of some what can I say, periodic thing. It was kind of periodic, like so you know who Oliver Oliver Cromwell is, you know. Who Oliver Cromwell is? Mm-hmm. So who is he? I don't know. So could you please oh. explain? But you just answered me like uh huh, and I thought it was kind of positive reaction, whatever. <laughs> so so after reaction that I was kind of listening to you. Yeah yeah yeah. After after English Civil War,、mm-hmm. uh, the winner Oliver Cromwell executed. Charles the Third,、uh, Charles the First, who was the king in that era,、mm-hmm. in that period, and as Lord Pro- Protector, as a Lord Protector,、uh, mm-hmm. ruled England, some ruled England and Ireland suppressively, yeah,、mm-hmm. especially in Ireland. So、mm-hmm. he all he he almost ha- he harvested on some Ireland's almost every entire resources, whatever. So people and Cromwell emphasized some kind of some Protestant mor- moral 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 Protestant morality. Sorry, my tongue、mm-hmm. is twisted. Morality. So what can I say? He forced to wear people. He forced people to wear some only black clothes like that things. So people were tired tired of it. So、mm-hmm. after Cromwell died. People want to want the restoration to monarchy,、mm-hmm. and after some less than a century, people people overthrown the crown again. Kind of ironic. And whatever I said that I said in the beginning, the begin in the beginning of this podcast or the middle 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 part of this、mm-hmm. podcast that. The Glorious Revolution was the first revolution that referred as revolution in the er in the period when it broke down, right? Yes. What the?、Uh, do you know? Can you imagine? Can you assume? Can you figure out what this means? The meaning. Yeah. So it was kind of the first revolution in the human history. What does it mean? Yeah. Like, why is the sound echoing? Is... Mm-hmm. That was kind of weird. <laughs>、hmm. So, so before 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 the glorious revolution broke down,、mm-hmm. uh, some every kind of turmoil, every kind of every form of turmoil, work turmoils were considered as riot or rebellion. Or and what kind? What can I say? Can I speak in German? German for a second. Empören. Yes. Like it's kind of 
it's kind of, it, it has same, some similar meaning to rebellion. And the, those rebellions were banned as the factors that decreased the unifi, uni, unity of the nation. So, so um, what can I say? For, so then there was kind of several, several or numerous wars which, which were raised by some peasants in German region. Mm -hmm. in 14th and 15th century. Mm -hmm. Those war were considered as rebellion for the rulers and for the peasants themselves. Peasants, can I say peasants themselves? For the peasants. Yeah, peasants themselves. These are peasants too. And like, obviously, nations want, wanted to obstruct, obstruct or prevent prevent the formation or the beginning of these those turmoils or rebellions so mm -hmm. lots of acts were enacted such as the ban of ban of dispute act of holy mm -hmm. Ro the holy roman empire in 15th century, 15th century but as time flows gradually um, mm -hmm. uh, what can i say some rebellion or emperum not 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 turmoil or riot mm -hmm. start to be considered as kind of band band uh, band or alliance that mm -hmm. which which is against the which is against the authority so the shift of meaning was emerged in positive ways and in the, in the era of glorious revolution uh, Rebellion, which re rebellion which was bro broken out for the progress or for the reform, reform is people pe people consider people consider mm -hmm. people accepted people consider that rebellion that was broken out for the progress or for the political reform mm -hmm. is are not are not some turmoil or re rebellion but revolution at least in England. So uh, Voltaire, Voltaire said like this after he listened to the news of glorious revolution in England that mm -hmm. the thing which is just rebellion in other nation is revolution mm -hmm. in England. Yeah, that's so the re glorious revolution is kind of symbol or kind of mm -hmm. example that shows us the uniqueness of England in European history or human history. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for the explanation. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah, you learned a lot, and it's maybe it seems to it seems time to end of our podcast. Mm -hmm. do, you th do you think that we? What can I say? We talked enough. We talked enough. Well, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then. <laughs> yes. Thank you for well for the listeners. Thank you for listen. Thank you for listening this and giverlish, literal giverlish, for <laughs> your historic hit for you know what can I say knowledge for history, and yeah. we well. will make the giverlish again, in uh, the, again. Two weeks, uh, two weeks later, 
Mm -hmm. And the giver, the giver list will be about the American Revolution. Thank you. Thank Whoa. you for listening. American Thank Revolution. You for watching. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and sorry that I didn't really talk much and didn't give you like amazing information about Glorious Revolution. You already gave me enough enough amazing information as you mentioned the Edmund Burke and such a lot. Oh no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> it was can just I, a tiny I, bit. Can I end the recording? Yes. Yeah, bye bye. Bye bye.